Okay, so I'm probably going to make an enemy out of every single 20-year-old girl on the planet with this video, but let's talk about why I personally find Taylor Swift annoying and why she is the most powerful, most successful victim you will ever hear of. So it's been quite the year for Taylor Swift, and I know what you're thinking, Lauren, she's Taylor Swift every year is quite the year for Taylor Swift, but this year especially has been good. I mean, not only did she release the insanely successful Eras tour and also release that concert as a theater event, making just even more money, but she also actually officially became a billionaire this year, which I'm pretty sure officially makes her like the most successful pop star ever Period. And with that in mind, it should come as absolutely no surprise that she was recently announced as Time Magazine's Person of the Year. An honor that she incidentally shares with such historical figures as Hitler and Putin. And now to be clear, and I feel like I really need to make this disclaimer considering how insanely devoted some of Taylor Swift's fans are. I don't hate Taylor Swift. I mean, I really try not to hate anybody, especially not some pop star I've never met before. And I actually do think that Taylor Swift is a very talented songwriter. Her genre of music isn't necessarily what I would choose to listen to all the time. But with that said, uh, she definitely has some bops. Blank Space, probably one of my favorite songs by her. London Boy also, I don't think that's one of her most popular hits, but for some reason, I really like that song, super catchy. But the thing with Taylor Swift, or at least her public persona, is that it definitely seems like she is the type of person who, no matter how successful they become, no matter how many different accolades they accumulate, they always seem focused on the people or things that allegedly were trying to hold them back and who aren't really capable of taking criticism in a constructive way. Instead, no, it just, it always has to be perceived as a personal vindictive attack against them. And to really illustrate what I mean, I thought it would be interesting to go through Taylor Swift's Time 2023 Person of the Year interview. Because really, for someone who's being named Time's Person of the Year, in part because she has just become a billionaire. Really, uh, this woman seems to have many chips on her shoulder. We have a lot to talk about, but first I do wanna say a big thank you to today's sponsor, Cozy Earth. So if you are racking your brain trying to think of the right present to get someone, you'll never ever go wrong with a gift from Cozy Earth. Seriously, if you're someone who knows me in my personal life, or heck, even if you don't know me, but you just wanna get me a present for some reason, Cozy Earth, okay? I guarantee you I'm gonna love it. Whether it's their best-selling sheets, luxury pajamas, ultra-comfortable joggers, plush lounge socks, or premium bath towel collection, you're sure to find the coziest gift for everyone on your gift list. For years now, my husband has known that when it comes to my birthday or Christmas, if he needs to get me something and he's not sure exactly what, cozy earth 100% of the time. Their bed sheets are my favorite bed sheets. Their joggers are my favorite joggers. And the contrast between cozy earth and other brands is so stark that when I'm going through like my clean laundry, just looking for something to wear quickly, I can actually feel without seeing them, which pants are my cozy earth pants. They're, they're that much of a standout. Cozy earth sheets and pajamas are made with viscose from bamboo. So they're not only uniquely soft, but also temperature regulating, which allows you to sleep comfortably year round. I mean, heck I sure do. Plus all Cozy Earth products come with a 10 year warranty. And what's really cool, this isn't even part of the ad read. This is just something that I noticed because I was browsing their site because I, I wanna buy stuff for myself for Christmas, but they also have a bunch new releases for both women and men. So if you haven't been on their site recently, go check it out now. They have a bunch of new stuff that looks really cool. So give the gift of comfort this season and save up to 40% on Cozy Earth. Go to cozyearth.com and enter my promo code CHEN at checkout and save up to 40%. While you're there, be sure 
sure to check out their new cuddle blanket because everyone's going to love that too. That's CozyEarth.com with the promo code Chen. Again, CozyEarth.com. Taylor Swift is someone who's been in the music industry for a long time. And considering that entertainment in general and music especially is probably one of the most competitive fields that there is, I certainly believe that Taylor Swift has faced a lot of challenges along the way to building the successful career that she currently has. I'm not trying to knock that and I'm certainly not trying to make it seem like she's not a hardworking person because I don't think it'd be possible to be as successful as she is without having a very strong work ethic and a lot of talent. And considering that this is a career-defining moment for her in this time interview, it's obviously expected that she's going to be discussing her ups and her downs. But reading through this interview and the reason why I wanted to make this video is that I was just kind of shocked at the absolute pettiness uh, of some of the downs she points to, especially considering that she's currently like a whole 33-year-old woman. Specifically, some of you guys may remember that in 2016, there was some drama between her and Kanye West. In his song Famous, he included the lyrics, I feel like me and Taylor might still have sex, why I made that B-word famous. And then not only did the lyrics to that song reference Taylor Swift, but the actual music video included like a nude wax figure of her as well as other people. And that music video was just really weird. I'm not here to stand for that video specifically. At the time, Kanye claimed that he got permission from Taylor about those lyrics in an hour-long phone call. A few days later, though, a source confirmed that while, yes, they did talk on the phone, Kanye never got permission to call Taylor a B-word in his song. He'd reportedly only asked her to share the song on Twitter. Kim Kardashian, Kanye's then-wife, told GQ that Taylor was lying and she totally knew it was coming out. But then a rep for Taylor spoke out saying that Taylor had never denied that she and Kanye spoke and said, Taylor has never denied that conversation took place. It was on that phone call that Kanye also asked her to release the song on her Twitter account, which she declined to do. Kim then released video footage of the call, which was edited to make it seem like Taylor was approving the lyrics. So then a lot of fans sided with Kim and Kanye. However, it's noted that in 2020, the entire unedited version of Taylor and Kanye's phone call was leaked, revealing that Taylor had been right the entire time, i.e. she had never given Kanye permission to include that lyric about her. Now, if you're currently rolling your eyes at this because it all sounds like such petty high school BS, I don't blame you. However, to be fair, as a public figure going up against another public figure, actually two different public figures, uh, Kanye West and Kim Kardashian, who each have their own huge fan bases, I'm sure that Taylor was getting a, a lot of hate at that time. But regardless of how you think Kanye slash Taylor should or should not have handled that situation, that incident was like seven years ago at this point. How we're reading this time interview, it's clear. Taylor certainly still has a lot of feels about it. Of the whole situation, this article says, make no mistake, she's quoted as saying, my career was taken away from me. It was a bleak moment. You have a fully manufactured frame job in an illegally recorded phone call, which Kim Kardashian edited and then put out to say to everyone that I was a liar. That took me down psychologically to a place I've never been before. I moved to a foreign country. I didn't leave a rental house for a year. I was afraid to get on phone calls. I pushed away most people in my life because I didn't trust anyone anymore. I went down really, really hard. Actually, clearly the whole Kanye West situation uh, got to Taylor so much that basically the entirety of her next album, Reputation, was built upon the aftermath of that drama. It says here, I thought the moment of backlash was going to define me negatively for the rest of my life. And you know what, maybe my skepticism here is just the result of me not being this huge pop star that has to deal with that many angry Kanye West fans. But I just feel that, I don't know, perhaps Taylor Swift is someone who would benefit from some gratitude journaling, maybe spending less time on social media or being less concerned with what other people are saying about you. Because it's like, if you are a multimillionaire at this point, because back then she 
she wasn't a billionaire. I just don't think that Kim Kardashian posting a video of you should be having this much of an effect on your mental health and your life in general, that you make yourself into a recluse for an entire year. And next, what kind of got me about this interview is that Taylor Swift specifically takes time to call out the patriarchy as something that like, holds women back. By the way, this isn't the first time that Taylor Swift has gone forward with feminist messaging. In fact, she even has an entire song called The Man. And for the music video of the song, by the way, she dresses up as a man and like man spreads on the subway is pretty ridiculous. Now I'm not gonna include any music from the song in this video because Taylor Swift is notoriously uh, strict about copyright, which we'll talk about in a second. But that song includes lyrics like, I would be complex, I would be cool. That say I played the field before I found someone to commit to, and that would be okay for me to do. I'm so sick of running as fast as I can, wondering if I'd get there quicker if I was a man. And I'm so sick of them coming at me, cause if I was a man, then I'd be the man. Anyway, basically the entire song is Taylor Swift, the extremely successful multimillionaire, lamenting that men would have it easier. Relatable, right? Uh, well, in that same vein, in this time interview, Swift is quoted as saying, if we have to speak stereotypically about the feminine and the masculine, women have been fed the message that what we naturally gravitate toward, girlhood, feelings, love, breakups, analyzing those feelings, talking about them nonstop, glitter, sequins, we've been taught that those things are more frivolous than the things that stereotypically gendered men gravitate toward, right? And what has existed since the dawn of time? A patriarchal society. What fuels a patriarchal society? Money, flow of revenue, the economy. So actually, if we're gonna look at this in the most cynical way possible, feminine ideas becoming lucrative means that more female art will get made. It's extremely heartening. So there's just so much to break down here. Number one being that if the most successful pop icon of all time, male or female, is a woman like Taylor Swift, I'm sorry, but clearly the patriarchy isn't that competent. So yeah, I am gonna be the person here who raises her eyebrow at Taylor Swift, who is extremely wealthy, extremely successful, and also frankly comes from a wealthy background. The idea that she's trying to call out society for being marginalizing toward her personally, laughable. And even more than that, the idea of Taylor Swift pointing the finger at someone else, the patriarchy in this case, for being overly concerned with money. It's like, girl, let's take a minute to talk about Taylor Swift's business practices. Aside from her reputation as a very talented artist, Taylor Swift is probably best known in the industry for being extremely aggressive when it comes to business. And now I'm not necessarily saying that this is a bad thing, especially in this interview, she does talk about the whole ordeal with her masters and having to re-record her old albums just so that that she could own them. And she also previously had that whole riff with Spotify where her songs weren't streaming on there because she wasn't happy with the cut that artists were getting. I think in general, the awareness that Taylor Swift has brought to the power imbalance in the music industry between artists and studios is a good thing. And that's a conversation we should all have. But it's like Taylor Swift, if we're trying to point fingers here about being obsessed with revenue, may I remind everybody that Taylor Swift currently owns over 200 US trademarks, trademarks that include things like her last name, just the word Swift, her initials, TS, the word folklore, the word lover, the phrase blank space, Swifty, Taymoji, just the initial S, the year 1989, her team actually trademarked 1989. Oh yeah, and she also trademarked reputation, just like. <laughs> 
the word. And to play devil's advocate here, I'm sure some Swifties will say, well, you know, Taylor can still critique the patriarchal system that we live in while also recognizing that to be successful in it, she has to take part in it, at least to some degree. But it's like, you can take part in the current system without having over 200 trademarks of commonly used phrases. Like no other musician, as far as I'm aware, does this. Guys, look at this video. Ultimately, I know that there are gonna be Taylor Swift defenders out there who say I'm just a hater, which is fine. You don't have to agree with me. But the idea that Taylor Swift, despite all of her success, despite all of her popularity, that she does seem overly obsessed with criticism. I mean, just think about how many songs she has about haters. It's basically the entire album reputation. You also have the song Mean, which which if you're not familiar with it, includes lyrics like, well, you could take me down with just one single blow, but you don't know what you don't know. Someday I'll be living in a big old city and all you're ever gonna be is mean. Someday I'll be big enough so you can't hit me and all you're ever gonna be is mean. And I can see you years from now in a bar talking over a football game with that same big loud opinion, but nobody's listening, washed up and ranting about the same old bitter things, drunk and grumbling on about how I can't sing. Yeah, I'm pretty sure this song was inspired by literally just critics noting about like her singing abilities, which is kind of to be expected if you're literally a singer. Any case, that's basically all I have to say for now. And as always, if you enjoyed this video, please be sure to like, share, and subscribe. Until next time.